This is the way number four. And it is called, The Way Has a New Morality. All right? So in the middle of history, a very interesting man comes on the scene. And this man seems to be filled with like this purpose. He's got a, he's got a purpose about him. He's, he's on a mission. He's doing stuff. He's doing things like casting demons out of people. He's healing people. He's teaching messages that make you kind of walk away chewing on it. He's telling these stories. He seems to be up to something, but he's also kind of confusing. Like, he hangs out with the wrong people. The outcasts in society who are, like, socially, um, you know, uh, down the totem pole of socialness. He's hanging out with those people. And those people who seem to be up the totem pole of socialness. The elite and the... Uh, the well-respected and the, the uppity-up people. He's not hanging out so much of those. In fact, he kind of he meets some tension when he comes into those people's presence. This guy is kind of confusing. And he seems to be like everybody just wants a piece of him. Everybody wants, like they could tell that there's something about him. There's like, there's like this energy, this power, this like he's giving off something kind of like he's he's giving off life and you can feel it and you can sense it like people who are hurting they just want to reach out and like touch him and they try to but he's kind of elusive at the same time he's always like just beyond our grasp some people are so enamored with this guy that they'll like fight through crowds just to get through and just like touch his robe and then other people they hear his messages that he teaches and they get so angry they want to kill him but he's so elusive like he's just out of their grasp you like can't quite contain him it's like trying to catch the wind you know this interesting guy. <clears throat> well, there's this other thing that he tends to do. And he tends to, through his stories and through his teachings, although they're not very sophisticated and very elaborate, uh, elaborate and all this stuff, he tends to, like, speak to your heart. He tends to, It's like he sees... And he understands what's going on. He gets it. And he has this profound ability to understand like what's going on in your life and be able to speak right directly to the heart of the matter. It's like he knows what your fears are and what your insecurities are. And he also knows what your idols are and what you don't want to let go of. And he has the ability to speak right into that. Like he could just see right through you. You know what I mean? Well, one of these times when he comes on the scene and he's speaking to the heart is one of his first times that he makes a public appearance and he gets all these people around him. He, this mass starts to gather and then he's got the people who kind of follow him really closely. Some people call him disciples. He like gets them in real close and he's up on like a hill and he 
begins to teach. And when he begins to teach this message, you start to understand this really kind of enigma of a guy. And you start to get a little bit, but it's still beyond your grasp. You start to get like kind of the flavor of what this guy is all about. And you kind of start to see what it is he's after. And he speaks with this like profound authority that people are just sit there in awe and bewildered like who does this guy think he is I've never heard somebody speak with that kind of authority so as he begins to speak this message on this hill he starts talking about our morality that's kind of built into all of us in this this sense that we have that we're supposed to do the right thing and that we're supposed to follow this list of rules. And whether, we, whether we've written out the list of rules or not, we just kind of have this sense deep down and everybody else seems to have it that we just need to follow it and do the right thing. And you could tell because people start to freak out and get anxious and combative and resentful when people aren't doing the right thing. But as he's speaking about like this kind of way that you conduct yourself in this morality, he's saying things like, he says this several times in this message, he goes, you've heard it said, but I say to you. So he's saying in terms of this morality that you've conceived of and you say, well, okay, we've got our list of right things to do, and this is how we conduct ourselves so that we're okay before men and before God. And he's saying stuff like, well, you've heard it said this, but I say to you this. What he's saying is, you've heard it said that it's all about doing or not doing the action, right? And I say to you, it's more a matter of the heart. Like, what's going on in, in the very center of you? How you're being. And so first he says, you've heard it said, don't murder. Right? And it's stated in the law, the, Jew, uh, the law of the Jews, that uh, you shouldn't murder. And it's a general sense among people, like... Murder is just a bad thing. You shouldn't end human life. You should. Don't do that. You've heard it said, don't murder. But I say to you, don't even be angry at your brother. Because if you're angry at your brother, you've already sinned. It's as good as if you had murdered him. You've heard it said, just not doing the action of murder makes you good. I say to you, even if you don't do the action, but you feel that anger, it's as good as if you did it. You've heard it said, don't commit adultery. Don't do the act. But I say to you, don't even lust after a woman. Because if you lust after her, it's like you've already committed adultery in your heart. 
So you've heard it said it's the action, but I say to you it's, it goes beyond the action. It's the heart. You've heard it say don't bear false witness or basically don't lie. Don't do the action. And what I say to you is just let your yes be yes and your no be no. Just be a person of integrity. And integrity isn't this outer thing that you put on display for all people to see. Integrity is like this. You just are who you are. Whether people are looking at not, people are looking or not. And you have this consistency to you. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. And here's one of these clarifications that he says, and this is the one I want to kind of land on and focus on for his teaching. Oh, actually, let's read it. He's talking about retaliation. And he says in Matthew 5, verse 38, you can turn there if you want. He says this, you have heard it said, so again he starts with this refrain, you have heard it said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. But if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn him the other also. And if anyone would sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Give to the one who begs of you, and do not refuse to those who would want to borrow from you. And I hear something like this, and maybe you do too, like turn the other cheek. And you're like, well, what does that mean? Because that sounds like he's telling me to be weak. It sounds like he's telling me to like be be just benign, let people kind of steamroll over me. And well, they steamrolled my left leg. I'm gonna give them the right also, you know. And you're you're like, wow. What is one? What does that have to do with morality? And two, like, what kind of person am I going to be if I'm constantly letting people take advantage of me and then when they strike me on the cheek, I give to them the other and let them just have at it. Just go ahead. Am I going to be some kind of weak Christian? And is that what this guy, Jesus, is asking of me? Mm, I don't know. But to find out, let's ask where this comes from. This idea, an eye for an eye and a tooth for tooth, is mentioned several times in the Old Testament. And uh, one particular place is in um, Leviticus 24. So we're going to go there for a second. Leviticus 24. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. So third book of the Bible. And in verse 17 it says this. Whoever takes a human life shall surely be put to death. Whoever takes an animal's life shall make it good. Life for life. If anyone injures his neighbor, as has been done, um, as has been done, it shall be done to him. So basically, fracture for fracture, eye for eye, 
two for two. Whatever injury he has given a person shall be given to him. Whoever kills an animal shall make good on it. And whoever kills a person shall be put to death. And you're like, whoa, are we reading in the same book right here? Is this all telling us the same thing? Because on one hand, this very interesting guy, Jesus, came on the scene and said, somebody hits you on the cheek, you just give to them the other cheek. And at the same time, this law, which we think is somehow connected, is saying, if they break your bone, you break their bone. If they poke out your eye, you poke out their eye. If they hit out your tooth, you hit out their tooth. If they kill your animal, they have to pay whatever the animal is worth. And if they kill a person, you kill them. (laughs) What do we do with these two things? Are they even the same? Well, I think we've got to clarify, just as Jesus has been clarifying You look at this thing eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth and you're like, wow, that sounds barbaric. That sounds rough. That sounds like every man for himself. Like if somebody does wrong to you, you just go and you get them back. Right? But what we've got to realize is that this law, the Levitical law, is given into a culture in a place that is already broken, already barbaric, already very hostile. And here's how things would go in those days. If Sam comes over to my clan, like he's a neighboring clan, if Sam, and we're looking at each other, like eyeballing each other always from like two different hills at the top, and we're like looking at each other like, You better not. You better not. And then Sam comes over in the middle of the night and he kills my most prized warrior. Right? He he was like my cocoum, you know? (laughs) And he kills my cocoum. Well, you know what I do? No, I don't. Well, obvi. I'm going to kill his cocoum, but I'm also going to kill the rest of his clan. Yeah, that's how things work. So he kills my cocolum, and then in the next night, I get all my able-bodied men together, and I go over to his clan, and I kill every one of his warriors so that he can never do that to me again. This is the environment we're talking about. I don't know how many... Do most of you have siblings? Yes. All right, I have a little brother. And this is how things go between big brothers and little brothers, right? Like John and Nick aren't even looking at each other right now. They've got a person between them, and he's in the war zone. (laughs) Yeah, this, this is me with my little brother. Despite the fact that eight and a half years separate us, that doesn't even matter because when he infringes upon my personal bubble, which isn't very big, but when he infringes upon it, oh no, it is war. (laughs) Like, we could be sitting four feet apart in a car, and he's like this, and it's always him that starts it. 
always. <laughs> no. he, he goes like this. He just start inches his little finger over, like, ever closer to me. And he just pokes me right in the leg. Well, he's just declared war on my personal being. And I look at Ethan, and he looks at me, and he knows what's going to happen. And I punch him in the shoulder. And then Ethan's over here, seatbelt restraining him, but, like, he won't let that stop him. So he reaches across and grabs me by the shirt, and he's, like, shaking and stuff. I'm going to put up with this little kid, like, get off me, little kid. And all of a sudden, it's a brawl. And this is the way that humanity works when left to its own vices. It works by escalation, escalating conflict. You kill my Kokoam, I kill all your warriors. Right? Ethan and I, like, he pokes my leg and he ends up with a black eye. I'm sorry, Ethan. He's only gone to the, to the hospital be, for in need of stitches like twice because of me. That, those were accidents, you guys. <laughs> he bounced off. <laughs> um, but that's the way things work in humanity. And that's the way things work but in between siblings. And that's the way things work in between people. And then into this barbaric culture. This broken place where brothers kill brothers because your sacrifice was better than mine. Into this place is given a law that is not supporting the violence, it is limiting the violence. Life for life, not life for 50 lives. Tooth for tooth, not tooth for 50 tooths. It's like a mouthful and a half, right? If you take out his eye in the name of justice, he can only take out your eye. If you fracture his femur, he, in the name of justice, can only fracture your femur and no more. It does not escalate like a fight in the backseat between siblings. <coughs> it does not rise above. So this law is not barbaric and like promoting violence. This law is ahead of its time in limiting violence and proclaiming justice and saying only this can happen. So into this, where this is the norm and this is the custom, Jesus said, you've heard it said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, turn the other cheek. Because in the name of maintaining the letter of the law, the action of the law, in the name of just doing whatever is said in the law, I did it so I'm good. People would use that as a way of getting even. Like, you hurt me. I, Sam, like, I'm just feeling this real tension with you right now, so... I know. It's always you picking on me. You mean it? <laughs> yeah. So you hurt me, and I rejoice over the fact that I get to hurt you back. Right? Well, I'm just saying according to it. I wouldn't do that to you, buddy. 
<laughs> is saying into this when people are rejoicing over the fact that I get to get even I get to get vengeance I get to shift a spear in his side because he just grinds my gears and he just he's like sandpaper and I just I can't stand this guy I love you Sam (laughs) but that person that I just can't stand that I just can't get over how annoying they are to me that I just if I can't retaliate in a bigger fashion, if I can't escalate, at least I get to get even. Saying to him, turn the other cheek. If he slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. Well, hang on. What does it mean to slap somebody on the right cheek? Right? (laughs) Hang on, hang on. Demonstration. I'm left-handed. This is not normal. Alright? If I make fist and I punch somebody, I just hit them on the right cheek, right? With my left hand. If I happen to be right-handed like the majority of humans and I punch them, left cheek. If I'm right-handed like the majority of humans, how do I hit somebody on the right cheek? Backhand. Disgrace on you and your whole family. Right? I am shaming them. I am not causing bodily harm. A cheek for a cheek, you know? Like somebody hits me on the cheek and I get to take their cheek with my backhand. This is not doing real detrimental damage like a fractured bone or an eye being poked out or a tooth being knocked out. This is shaming. Away with you. I Get out of my sight. I don't even want to see you. To them, turn the other cheek. Give them the left. Allow them to shame you again. Are you being weak? Well, no, I actually think you're being quite strong when you turn to them the other also. And you're allowing them to shame you again. You're allowing them to grind your gears again. You're allowing them to hurt you. Maybe not physically, but right where it matters. You're allowing them to hurt you again. It's like Romans 12 says, Do not repay evil with evil, but return evil with good. Because in so doing, you heap burning coals on their head. Here you go. Burning coals on your head. Well, what does that mean? Got to clarify again. Well, there was a custom in Egypt at the time. And this was well known. And so well known, it even made its way into our Proverbs. And in this culture where people 
uh, this was just a custom, a way of doing things where like mass media was not accessible. You know, I couldn't say on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whatever else, Tumblr, Vine, some or other. I can't tell everybody, oops, I made a mistake. I was wrong about this, so uh, let's just go on with our lives. The way that they would announce to everybody that they made a mistake is this person would voluntarily heap burning coals onto their head and they would walk around and say, making a public proclamation, I made a mistake. I was wrong. And what this is saying, don't repay evil with evil, but repay evil with good. Because when you repay evil with good, when you turn the other cheek, when you when they want your tunic and you give them their your cloak as also, and they say go with me one mile and you go with them two. When you repay evil with good, you heap burning coals on their head. Burning coals says I was wrong. And another way of saying I was wrong is repentance. You very well might lead a person to repentance when you repay evil with good. When they ask you to go one mile and you go two, you repay them with kindness. You do what they don't deserve. You don't get vengeance. And what you're saying is, I don't need to get my own vengeance. I don't need to live like it's each man for himself. I don't need to play that game because I believe in a higher power, a higher authority who really is in charge and who, even if I don't get vengeance, he will. He knows and he sees and he understands better than I do what justice is. And it's not an escalating justice it's just an even justice. He will get it even when I don't. So all of this, what is it saying? This justice, this new morality, this you've heard it said, but I say to you, this heaping burning coals on their head, like you could lead them to repentance. What is all this saying? I think this. You have a new kind of morality. And your morality is not based on getting even. Your morality is not based on keeping the letter of the law and saying, oops, I'm good. I didn't do it. Because even if you didn't murder, but you were angry in your heart, you already did it. So looking at this whole picture, not keeping the letter of the law, but living in this spirit of the law, the heart of the law, understanding what it's all about, all of this, you have a new morality. It's called love. Because when you turn to that person, the other cheek, you're loving them. You're choosing something to give them. And if you're heaping burning coals on their head, 
And if you're pushing them in the direction of repentance, and if you're saying, I don't need to get even, I don't need to get vengeance because vengeance is not mine. If you're leading a person, even when they're cruel to you, toward the direction of knowing Jesus, that could be as the as God is working in their life, that could be the last link in the chain in a series of events that makes them go, oh, I get it. I get it. That could be the moment that they know that there is something bigger, there was someone higher, there's a greater power and a greater authority. So all this to say, on this way that is being made for us from death to life from cursing to blessing from hostility to benevolence on this way you have a new morality and that morality is called love let's pray Dear Lord, thank you for showing us the way. Thank you for telling us a different story. God, thank you that we do not have to be in a place where violence continues to escalate and people continue to fight and get even and get vengeance. God, thank you that you are doing something in this world and you are making a way. God, show us where in our lives we can turn the other cheek and show us to whom we can turn the other cheek. Tell us to whom we can tell a different story by benevolence and nonviolence. God, help us to live this way at ground level. And let us connect our actions with the things that you're telling us. In Jesus' name, amen.